on Podcast 17. We touch base with last week's Mod Rebellion. I get excited for Scientist Slaughterhouse Mod Mess-Up. We talk about the future of Jailbreak Source. And finally, we interview the Fragout team and talk with Eckhart on his newest project. Welcome to another edition of Podcast 17. I am your host, William, also known as Cubic Virtuoso, and welcome everybody who is listening to the live stream on uh, halflifecreations.com. This is our first time ever doing this, and it should be really, really, really interesting. Uh, We'll get more about, we'll get more into that in the news section, but, uh, welcome everybody who's listening on halflifecreations.com, which is probably like nobody. I don't know. Acar, do you have, like, a list of who's listening? Uh, I have three IPs. Yes, and one of them probably uh, Four, you. and, um, if anyone was to listen to the live stream right now, uh, something has gone terribly wrong. Uh-oh. Either way, uh, live stream is up, uh, for future shows, but, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll get more about that a little bit later. Um, I'd like to welcome our guest this week. Um, of course, we have Nick, our producer, and we have Acard, who already spoke from uh, Half-Life Creations. I mean, sorry, from Ragnarok Arena and Half-Life Creations. Um, he is our guest this week. How has your week been going, Acard? Pretty good, pretty good. Been working on stuff. Yeah, how's everything in the Ragnarok Arena area? Um, uh, that would be the only real answer I have. <laughs> kind of sitting there dormant right now, actually, to be perfectly... That's okay. Well, you guys got a pretty good release out, so you don't really have to do much at this point. Yeah. And also today is my co-host, as always, Thomas, Editor321, owner and operator of Half-Life Creations. How's it going, Thomas? It is going great. Everything is just great. I am so far in debt, I can't even see the sun. Uh, and the hosting bills are coming up, but don't worry, they'll get paid. And... I don't think he's expecting this, but I'm going to do a quick shout-out to Toadie, because he donated money towards the hosting bill. I love you, man. Woo! Money's always, always good. So, send all your money to Thomas at Half-Life Creations, because he hosts all the mods you love. And our special guests and interviews this week are uh, Duck Sauce and Fanrack from uh, Fragout, and we're going to be talking with them a little bit later, but guys, how's it going? Good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We got a chance to play uh, a special beta build or alpha build, I guess, of Fragout, or at least I did. And I know Thomas is on your uh, beta team as well. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later. But before we do all that, first and foremost, Podcast 17 news. And uh, like I stated before, we're live on Half-Life Creations every week now. For all those who don't know, we record Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can head on over to Podcast 17. For uh, all information on how to change that to your time zone and everything. And uh, go to halflife-creations.com. Listen to the live stream. There's a little link on the right-hand side. You can click that and it'll open the PLS file into any of your... Whichever audio program you use. um, And you can listen to us. And then following up on that, we have an IRC server that you can chat with us in. And uh, that's on Game Surge, of course, where all the... 
awesome IRC servers are, and that's Pound Podcast 17. So just join Pound Podcast 17 on Game Surge, or you can join Pound HLC, which is the Half-Life Creations um, IRC channel, and chat with us while we're live. Right now I'm looking at the uh, channel, and there's uh, us, plus one other guy who's always in here. But uh, regardless, if you want to comment, uh, suggest anything, or complain about anything, um, the IRC is what it's all about. Thirdly, um, our forms have changed. If you've if you frequent Podcast 17, you know that our form link now links to the Half-Life Creations form. And there's a reason for us doing this, and that's mainly because um, Half-Life Creations already has a user base. So head on over there, sign up for a form. It only takes a couple of seconds, and uh, you can get your posting on again. And lastly... This week, I set up a ModDB profile for Podcast 17. If you notice, we were on the front page of ModDB. Woot. And uh, you can join that group. It's just basically a group. You can join it as a member and subscribe and keep up to date and stuff. Um, all our main information will still be on Podcast 17, but if you're a ModDB junkie like I am, you can check that out as well. Wow, that was a lot of news. Anyway... Next up on our list is follow-up and errata, and uh, the first, very first thing on our list is uh, Rebellion. Now, Rebellion was released last week, but nobody really got a chance to play it, um, so we get to talk about it in the follow-up and errata section, and a lot of people played it. Um, I played Rebellion, and I had a really, really good time. Uh, there were some things that I that I said were wrong with it, that I emailed off to the developer, and he took it for a grain of salt, uh, whatever he's going to do with it. Maybe he'll update it in the next version. But I really, really enjoyed it. Rebellion was really fun. It was that squad-based single-player mod that we were talking about, um, where you basically, you're basically part of a task force that has to go in and cleanse this planet of uh, like civilians and everything, and you decide to rebel. And there's people on your team who rebelled with you. One is, of course, the Barney model, and the other one is the Alex model. I don't want to ruin too much of it, but uh, you basically have to get make your way through, um, you know, the Combine as you rebel against, you know, your superiors. So it's pretty fun, and uh, there were some things that were a little bit wrong with it, but I'm sure those can be fixed. Like, some of the indoor areas were a little bit boring, in my opinion, but um, the outdoor areas were definitely good. Duck Sauce and Fanrock, you guys played this. Yeah. Yep. How did you like it? Uh, voices were a bit, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, they were a bit cheesy. I mean, um, I'm not sure what language it was in, but uh, they were trying to translate to English. I, I told them maybe they should just keep it in their own language and put subtitles. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, that would be a lot better. Yeah, it's kind of bad that you hear some kind of European accent all the time. Although the one really, really good accent, there was uh, this one area where you had to go down to a storage facility, and there was a Scottish guy, and he was talking behind the desk, and he had a really good accent, in my opinion. That was perfect. Yeah. But anyway, what would you guys rate it out of 10 if you had a chance? Or what would you change? Eight. Why eight? Seven. <laughs> Why eight and seven? Oh. Well, one is the accent. Uh, the second thing is that uh, the level design is... Kind of blocky. Yeah, like I said, I thought the indoor stuff was a little bit blocky. Duck sauce? Why did you rate it an 8? Well, there was some uh, funny conversation that I thought the fights were okay. 
Yeah, yeah, it was all it was all pretty good. It's a very good mod. I think it it definitely needs some updates as such, um, but it's on the right track. It's definitely better than another mod that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the week, in this show. But uh, fun, fun, very, very fun. Rebellion is what we're talking about for all those who are tuning in right now. Um, next on our list, I guess, is uh, I made a little mistake. See, I always do this. Um, how to pronounce? I was calling it Jodoma last week, but I guess it's like jalapeno and is Yodoma. I don't know. So Yodoma, sorry to the creators of Yodoma. Um, I pronounced it right now, and I clarified. Hopefully that redeems me. So that clears up follow-up and errata section. And uh, next, we're going to start off our new segment, which is called Straight from the Mouth of Valve. And this is where we're going to be talking about Valve updates and uh, what Valve has done for us. And the very, very first thing is a Left 4 Dead update. Don't get excited. This doesn't include the SDK. But uh, it does include a lot of exploit fixes and a lot of other things that were uh, kind of making an impact on the mod. A lot of versus changes. Is anybody playing a lot of uh, Left 4 Dead right now? Uh, I used to. Yeah? Fanrak, have you noticed the changes? Yeah, there are a lot of cool changes, uh, exploit fixes, and uh, you can actually see the things you can hit with uh, in red as the tank. Oh, cool. What about some nerfing? Do you notice anything that uh, that maybe isn't as powerful anymore? Well, I didn't notice any nerfing, but there's a lot of buffing, like for the smoker, he can do damage just with uh, grabbing people with his tongue now. Oh, I see. Okay, that's cool. I haven't played Left 4 Dead in a little bit, of, in a little while. I've been too busy with other things, but uh, it's definitely cool. Left 4 Dead update, it's like I said, not the SDK yet, so don't get too excited. Um, but it should be coming in the future, very near future. That's what they keep saying. Then next is a Steam update. Um, this allows internet browsing while in-game. Uh, definitely something that a lot of people wanted to be working. I don't really browse the internet while I'm in-game, but, uh, it should, should be useful if I ever wanted to check some forum or something, or maybe a walkthrough if you get stuck. Might help. What do you guys think of this? Have, has anybody tried this feature yet? I haven't even tried it. I have. It's actually pretty useful, especially, say, you're playing Counter-Strike, you're the first one to die in the round, the round's gonna take five minutes. You could sit there and spectate your teammates dying like cattle, or you could go and browse funny pictures of cats. Yeah, I definitely like taking the ladder. That's a very compelling thought. I never even thought of it that way, because there's a lot of times I'm sitting in a game like, oh, hurry up and die, and then I can be like, oh, freeporn.com. Awesome! <laughs> it's my porn, and I want it now! <laughs> but anyway, um... Yeah, that Steam update is out. Of course, it fixes other things, too. And Mirror's Edge is on Steam now, too, if you haven't played Mirror's Edge. I've been playing that this week. It's extremely fun, so I'd suggest buying it. I did play it. I bought it, and I did play it a lot. I finished it. Yeah, how'd you like it? It was cool, but I chose the hardest difficulty, and I got stuck sometimes, which was really annoying. I've been talking to Nick, and he said, uh, Nick, our producer, he's playing it as well. He said he had to get to a lot of, like, uh, fighting areas at the end, like a lot of hand-to-hand combat. I haven't done a lot of that yet, but he hates it. Well, it's like whenever there's combat, you'll have to die at least five times before you can actually kill everybody. Yeah, I know. It's, like, all very precise. You have to get it all at the right time. I don't know, I don't like the combat, though, but I definitely like jumping around. It feels like a movie, almost. 
But anyway, on to the release list, and we're just going to go through this um, fairly quickly, because a lot of us haven't played these mods. But uh, first up on our list is Legacy Single Player. This was a mod that was released early this week on uh, Planet Phillip, and it's a mod for Episode 1, Half-Life 2 Episode 1. And it's one of those classic Russian mods. I think it might have been packed with like an illegal copy of Half-Life 2. And what Philip usually does is he uh, pulls out the files. I could be wrong, but he does this with some Russian mods. Um, he pulls out all the files and makes it into like a standalone mod so that people can play it. Uh, this mod was not very good. Uh, there was It was ten levels in total. And that kind of seems like a long little bit or a long chunk. But it's really not. These levels are huge, but they have nothing in them. Um, there's nothing really you can talk about. There's no substance to this mod. It's just a very, very, very open area with nothing interesting to do. Um, the brushwork isn't that entertaining. Um, they throw a lot of enemies at you without really thinking about the mechanics of it or the logistics. There are some areas where you just have to use cheats, and I'm assuming they expect you to use cheats. Uh, it's not very realistic for that matter. It's fun, but... Uh, you know, don't don't take it seriously and don't expect to get much out of it. If you have maybe a rainy day, maybe put it on your to-do list and uh, go ahead and play it. But other than that, I wouldn't suggest anything special about it, or I wouldn't say anything special about it. It almost seems like it's a rip-off of firearms. What, uh, Legacy? Fire guns. Oh, we're not there yet. God, stay on schedule. No! <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at the screenshots for Legacy at Planet Phillip, and I can... Like, even without playing the mod, I can see that Will has a really valid point. Like, everything is big, oversized, doesn't look realistic in the slightest. Like, I'm looking at sewers that look like I'm walking through, like, uh, hallways in the Vatican. I've been there. And that's how big these sewers look. Um, it just, it doesn't look, uh, viable in the slightest. Like, some of the architecture looks decent ish if you mean by throwing down a few trees and a few fence posts but it's really nothing special yeah i wouldn't say there's anything special about it either other like there was some areas like maybe the outdoor area when you had to like swim through the canals it was almost like a repeat of the canals from half-life 2 that was maybe the only interesting part that i had fun with but other than that there's nothing there's especially at the end the end was so boring um like, it was just this giant, giant room. And by giant room, I mean, it's just like the Citadel texture being repeated a million times. And then there's a picture of, like, Alex on some screen for some random reason. And you have to, like, climb these elevators and go up these stairs. It's just repeat after repeat after repeat of killing Combine on these stairs. And then doing it all again, coming back down. It's ridiculous. And then I didn't even know how to end it. I got to this point, and it was just like the end, and like the game didn't end, and there was nothing for me there. There's a little button, or a little lever, actually, and I pulled it, and then nothing happened. I said, okay, what the hell? And then I looked at the screenshots of Planet Phillip, there was nothing after that part, so I figured that was the end. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe if somebody got to the end, got further than pulling that little lever right above the Alex TV thing, then, I don't know. Let me know, because I want to know. I'll play it, I guess, but other than that... This this mod wasn't that great. I'll probably give it a four out of ten. Don't say like don't say four out of ten yet because there's another few mods or maps that we're looking at that deserve that ranking a lot more. I think. But go ahead, Dan. 
Well, I was just going to say, I mean, and you got to look at the bright side. In terms of the stair climbing genre, it's best in class for 2009. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our next little bit of information. Uh, Custom Co-op CC was released as well. Um, I'm not sure if they have a website or anything. I don't think they do. Their official page is just on ModDB. But they released a custom co-op demo, and uh, there's this guy is working on it, and he claims that he's going to beat out um, Obsidian Conflict and Sven Co-op. So he's really shooting for some high aspirations. But it's his first time ever making a mod, and people are kind of slamming him on the comments. It's a little bit depressing. Um, he posted a little little video of like what he's got done, and it's nothing fun. That's why I wasn't really excited to play custom co-op. But um, it's there. You can play it if you want. I haven't played it yet, and nobody else here has either. But uh, check it out if you really want to, if you maybe want to see a new co-op experience. I don't even think it has net code, really. I think it's just like a single-player demo of his first map. Uh, which is why I kind of steered away from it. The screenshots in his mod DB profile aren't that good. He clearly has some scaling issues and brush, needing brush problems, but um, I guess maybe if you're into these first things and if you want to help him out and be kind of like a Mother Teresa, you can go ahead and do that. Yeah, like uh, the level design, I'm sorry, but this is atrocious even by Half-Life 1 standards. We're looking at boxes. Everything is a box. Um, whoever is doing the mapping has not discovered the arc, the semicircle, or the circle in general, or the prop. Um, those are pretty important things in level design. And hopefully he can improve this stuff to make it even look tangible. And when you say that you're going to try and beat out other mods, you had better have something to back that up. Or you deserve to get the flaming that you do. Um, it's it's a terrible, sickening analogy, but if you're going to walk around with a big phallic, make sure that you can afford to have it slammed in a door. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was an interesting analogy coming from Thomas. Thank you for that. Seems like a tame analogy, knowing Thomas. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, there's. I don't think this mod is ever going to take off. I've uh, tried to uh, give him some advice, but uh, then I saw he released, and I was like, uh, yeah, I don't think he listened. Uh, <laughs> I started like this. I got better. Yeah, I don't know. Um, when you when you started... Actually, this is a good, this is a good discussion point. Um, so, we're talking to Duxos right now from Frago, and you said you started like little small mods like this before? No, it was like a huge ambition, like him. And uh, it didn't go too well. But uh, then I start to frag out. Things went better. So you suggest for him to start small, maybe make a little small deathmatch thing? What could he do to make this better for himself? Well, deathmatch would be a good start, but he could uh, try to continue, but without releasing so much media also. Because people will be turned off and they won't join. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are already turned off from his mod, um, mainly just because of the statements he made in his summary. Um, he kind of insulted a few other mods, too, which isn't very good. <laughs> Not a good start. Yeah. But anyway, if you want to download the demo, it's out there and released. Go for it. Um, but I don't really suggest it. Our next bit of news is uh, our next bit of release from the release list is Fire Guns 1.4.3. And from what I understand, Fire Guns is a standalone game. Am I right, Thomas? 
I actually don't know. I think I just threw it into a Half-Life directory without even looking. Uh, so it might be standalone, but I'm not sure. Yeah, they asked to install it to a different directory. I don't understand what that means. It's standalone in the way that they included all the Half-Life um, 1 like executables and whatnot and the Valve folder. Oh, that has to be like illegal or something. <laughs> it is extremely illegal. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, um, Fire Guns 1.4.3 is released on ModDB, and uh, you can check it out and download it. Yeah, just something that I've noted uh, when I was playing it incredibly briefly is there seems to be a lot of, again, borrowed content. Um, the player models I recognize from Hostile Intent. The animations aren't Hostile Intent, but the player models are most definitely done by them. Um, as for gameplay and mechanics, there really isn't too much to say. Uh, it reminds me of some very, very beta versions of Counter-Strike and Firearms, in the sense that everything isn't working very well, and the map architecture leaves a lot to be desired. But, yeah, if uh, Dan's saying that there's um, Half-Life content in it that probably shouldn't be there, it wouldn't surprise me, because I know that uh, the Hostile Intent team is really touchy about other people using their stuff, and it's definitely there. That also sucks. I loved Hostile Intent. But uh, this is out, and they have a patch out too, and a map pack. So there's three separate downloads that you can get if you want to play it. Um, but it just looks like another Firearms. I mean, it's called Fire Guns, but it looks like another Firearms for Half-Life 1. Regardless, it's out. Uh, it's, I guess it's not too interesting. I don't. I really don't know how they got up to version 1.4.2 with having like standalone packaged Half-Life files. Because couldn't it... Couldn't people just install mods to the Fire Guns folder then? They could, yes. Yeah, so, I don't know, Valve, I'm surprised this is even on ModDB. I'm surprised ModDB even let this on there. But regardless, it's out. You can check it out. Um, But that's that. Our next bit of release is called HDHL. Um, I frequent uh, a Russian site called Playground.ru, and this was posted there. I think it's kind of a high-def... I haven't tried it yet. So install at your own risk. But it's a high-definition pack for Half-Life. Now, last week we talked about a high-definition pack, um, but this isn't that. Um, it's something completely different, because this is only 14 megs. And uh, I sent this over to Philip. He said he's going to try uh, pulling out you know, the maps like he does with most Russian mods, see if he could make a standalone mod out of it, see if there's anything good out of it, and he'll let me know. Um, but just so that you guys are aware, HDHL is out... Um, on our show notes, we'll have a translated link to Playground.ru, and you can download it if you want. Um, just keep in mind, when you click the download link, you're going to have to remove the translate stuff at the very beginning. It's kind of confusing, but I'm sure you guys are intelligent and can figure it out. But it's out, and uh, it's out in the Russian scene. Like I said, maybe Philip can... Uh, oh, I guess Fanrak knows Russian, so um, maybe he can tell us what this is all about a little bit later, and we can put this in the notes. But... Uh, I, all it says is new beautiful gun, the effect of the matrix, so I'm assuming it's going to have like bullet time or something. Um, the already perfect physics becomes more ideal, or more better, or something. Sorry, this is a translated version, so I'm just trying to read it here. Um, works on all versions of the second Half-Life, Episode 1 and 2 also. So I guess it is kind of um, just an update. They added better guns, you can do bullet time, and apparently there's better physics. So that's what HDHL is all about. So, and I think it includes a couple of maps, but it's mainly so that you can play Half-Life 2 again. 
Now, it kind of sounds like S-Mod, but smaller? I don't know, because S-Mod has weapons that had bullet time and it had tweaked stuff, so I wonder if they're following in their footsteps. Yeah, maybe. But I wonder, like, the the Russian Half-Life scene is so segmented from the from the other Half-Life scenes that uh, y- you you start asking a question, like, do they do they even play S-Mod in the Russian scene? Like, is it a big thing over there? When I start thinking in the Russian mod scene, I think, okay, now which one of you is actually legit? Like, sorry to the Russian developers, but you guys have a bad habit of not controlling people. There are a lot of illegal things released in the Russian scene, but uh, like I said, that's why we have people like Philip, who like pulling out all the, ille- all the illegal stuff and leaving the legal stuff, which is good. But on the next little bit of news, um, we have SSH, which uh, stands for Scientist Slaughterhouse Mod Mashup Beta 2. Now, I'm not sure what they mashed together with the Scientist Slaughterhouse, but uh, they added, I guess, a whole bunch of new things to the already pre-existing Scientist Slaughterhouse and released Beta 2 of, um, you know, the Oh My God WTF version of this mod. And it's kind of interesting. Thomas or... Hey, card. Do you guys want to talk about this? Well, I'll go first, and then I'll give Dan a chance. Um, I remember way, way back in the Wayback Machine when Scientist Slaughterhouse first came out. Like when I was a kid playing Half Life, you'd get bored eventually, and you just walk around, and start killing scientists because there wasn't really any, you know, huge repercussion other than some guards wouldn't help you. You shoot them too, and take their guns. But the mod, when it first came out, it was solely based on all the ways that you can kill these guys. And that sounds pretty sick, and I'll be the first person to admit that I've got a pretty sick mind. Um, I remember the very first uh, incarnations, you could, like, cut them in two, you could squirt acid on them and they would turn into skeletons, or you could set them on fire and they would run around, and there would be a whole bunch of these map trigger traps, like everything from Indiana Jones spike traps to radiation exposure, uh to lasers coming around and cutting them up. Oh, it was just very much WTF fun, because you would have no idea what the next trap would do to these guys. And there would be a constant respawn, so you'd never run out of scientists to put through the meat grinder, which was one of the traps, by the way. Now, did the original Scientist Slaughterhouse take you through the Half-Life 1 storyline, or was it like separate little maps that you could throw scientists through? It was completely separate maps. Like, there was a little bit of, like, continuity. Like, you would be on an aircraft carrier uh, using the jet propulsion system to throw scientists off the thing, uh, but then you'd go through a teleporter and then you'd be in a completely different arena where you'd walk through this door and you would be in a volcano or something. Um, which was weird, but who cares, right? You just wanted to get to the next insane trap to put these guys through. Now, it looks like this new uh, Scientist Slaughterhouse uh, mod mess-up um, it follows the Half-Life 1 storyline, um, and that, to me, is really going to be interesting to go through. Um, like, they, like, the people that made the original, I think this is made by different people, but they did such a great job with just wacky death traps. Now that we have a location, we can really get those creative juices flowing, and hopefully when I go and sit down and play it, that I will uh, have lots of people to kill. Yeah, sorry, I was saying mashup, but I meant to say mess up. Um... But yeah, I played through this a little bit. You do start, um, it's, it's like they took Half-Life, Half-Life 1, and they added 
the 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 scientist slaughterhouse stuff. That's exactly what they did. Um, you start Half Life like you would normally start Half Life. You start in the tram. I think the tram goes a little bit faster, so you don't have to wait as long. But uh, they redid um, all like the intro text and stuff, and it's just kind of funny to read. And uh, you eventually get to Black Mesa, and it's just a mess. Like everything is just a mess. Um, nothing's really the same, but everything is the same. You know, like the architecture is all the same. And you have to go in the same areas. You have to go get your HEV suit and come back. You can go into the kitchen and blow up the guy's lunch or whatever you want to do. But, uh, you know, in, in like every corner you turn, there's a million scientists and there's a new way to kill them all. It's just kind of ridiculous. Dan, uh, did you have a chance to drive this? Not really. Um, I downloaded it, but I didn't install it. Because I thought the major charm of the original Science of Slaughterhouse was how random it was. Because you really can't do a storyline with killing scientists. The the entire point was the completely different arenas. There, Like you said, there's a brand new way. You hurried up to go see the brand new way to kill all the scientists. And putting it in the same Black Mesa environment, it's like, oh, another corridor. I guess I can, oh, shoot them. I just got a news stream in from my good friend James. I guess the fellow that made this modification is the same person that uh, made Plasma, the the mod that didn't do so well. So uh, props on him for trying something different. Uh, I, I'm clapping with one hand, holding down the mouse button here. Yeah, that's Armat from Plasma, who uh, I'm pretty sure that's Armat, right? Yep, it's the same guy. So props to you, Armat. Glad to see that you didn't give up. Yeah, actually, going back to Plasma, um, they now have a Help Wanted list. They decided not to close after we they said they were going to close, and now they're looking for new people to join the team. So they're not dead yet either, so he's working on both. I hate roller coaster mods. If you're going to close, just stay closed. Don't reopen. Like, it's just ridiculous. But anyway, that Scientist Slaughterhouse uh, mod mess up. Like I said, I've been saying mash up this whole time, but mod mess up is out uh, ver- beta 2... WTF. I guess that's what they're calling it. Our last little bit of news on the release list is Smashball version 0.9.2. Nobody really got chips plays because this was out yesterday, but it's out there in the open, and I guess they have stats, um, and you can now track all your information. I got tons of emails from their newsletter. Did anybody get, did anybody sign up, like, on the Smashball stuff and got all those emails? Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. That was kind of ridiculous. I got kind of upset after a while. They fixed it, though. Yeah, I guess they released something, and then uh, it wasn't working, and then they re-released it. So I didn't really read the emails too much. But that's why there are so many emails. They must have a huge subscription group. Because everybody who wanted stat tracking signed up. And a lot of people were playing Smash Ball the first day it was out. But anyway, the uh, new version's out, and I think that's the main feature of it. I'm not sure what else is in there, but it's interesting. And to stem from that into our media blitz this week, um, the very first media blitz that we have is the Jailbreak Source Death Ball trailer. And I watched this, and I am more excited for this Death Ball feature in Jailbreak Source than I am for any version of Smash Ball. And I don't know why, it just looks better and more interesting. That, that's because Jailbreak is awesome. <laughs> I know uh, one of the lead It is a very, very good mod. Um, so basically, a little bit of backstory. Jailbreak is prepping for their newest newest release, and uh, they released a new video that takes advantage of a new gameplay mode that they just released called Death Ball. And it's a sen- it's kind of like 
um, Smash Ball, but not really. It's more of a soccer game. Um, you have to move the ball into the soccer net, and it's kind of more of an open arena rather than swinging around and the whatnot. What happens when you capture the ball, though, um, everybody, I guess, goes to jail, and then you can, like, slaughter them all in jail. So it takes advantage of both the jailbreak uh, gameplay mechanic plus this little extra thing called Death Ball. It's really cool. You guys need to watch this video um, because they're clearly working really hard on it, and it looks like a lot of work just for an extra gameplay mode. Uh, if I might, it's actually so that you just kill people normally, but they can escape by pushing a button, so they can get points really easily until the point someone drops the ball on the goal, and then they can't push that button anymore. Oh, so they're kind of trapped in there. Yeah, based off a custom map made for it called uh, JBO Pong. But it looks like they added a little HUD, though, too, now. Uh, it looks like they're taking advantage of this new map and kind of extending it more into the jailbreak engine. Yeah. Regardless, you need to check out this this uh, trailer. I mean, we talk about professional trailers, and this is just a quick little gameplay trailer, and they did such a good job. It's very well choreographed and uh, laid out. No, this is another great example of, you know, taking the time, making the media look good, and then releasing it. Because, to be honest, the gameplay type reminds me of something that was in Unreal Tournament 2003-2004. I can't remember the, the game type exactly, but it was similar where you had to take this ball into the... Oh, it was like Bomb Run, that's what it was. Where you took the bomb into the enemy base and blew it up and you win. It was kind of... It reminds me of the same gameplay type. I wasn't a particular fan of it, but just how the way the trailer presents it, I'm like, yeah, I'd be willing to give that a try. It looks like they put a different spin on it. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I'm not really a fan of these kind of sports-ish type gameplay modes for Half-Life mods, but this looks interesting. Now, next on our media release list is Age of Chivalry, and uh, we're going to be talking to them in the next couple of weeks. We're not sure which week yet, so I can't say for certain, but they are going to be releasing their... Uh, their Newest content release, uh, February 20th, and this is going to be their massive release. This is going to be really awesome. Usually we don't talk about pre-releases. It's not out yet, but they're prepping to be released, and I want to just let everybody know, because this is going to include their new melee system, all their new maps, all their new gibbing, all their new head explosions, their entirely new GUI, their new siege weapons, um, you know... Their new third-person animations, their new impact effects, um, all their different swing locations now. Um, if you follow the developer blog of Age of Chivalry, you will get excited for this release that's coming out on the 20th. It's going to be awesome. They work really, really hard. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we can have them on the show. We can ask them about the release and uh, maybe talk about the release, depending on how close it is. And next on our um, media release is the future of suicide survival we've had suicide survival on the show before uh we've talked to tobias and they're releasing uh 1.2 in the near future they don't have a date like age of chivalry does but uh um they're talking about all the features that they're going to have in suicide survival 1.2 and it's going to have a whole new gameplay mode kind of like a last man standing thing um there's going to be general game balancing whole bunch of new maps, whole bunch of bug fixes, um, and then he comments saying additional crazy and totally senseless stuff. It's going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait for that new gameplay mode uh, instead of just total run around, kill each other, because that can get kind of boring after a while. Lies. <laughs> 
but I guess it's going to be a timed thing. Um, not just last man standing, but you're fighting against the time limit as well. It should be fun. Um, Tobias is working really hard, and he has a nice little um, player base for this mod now. Uh, so he doesn't really have to do much more PR. He has all the. I think he has all the people he wants to play it. It's one of those games where you don't want it to get too big, but you don't want it to die out either. You know, you have that small little group of people who just love it to death and will never stop playing it. Now, I also think it's pretty palatable for the average Joe because it's one of the mods that I like to put in the pick up and play in 10 minutes, really simple uh, mechanics fun category. I know it's got a huge name, but that's what the mod falls under for me. And it's got that infinite charm just because I can pick it up and play it in 10 minutes and have instant fun. Yeah, that's how I feel. Anyway, um, moving on to our next media dump. There are a lot of media dumps this week. And this one comes from Zombie Panic Source, who are still doing their competition, by the way. Um, if you don't know what competition that is, they're doing um, a map. The previous Zombie Panic, so Zombie Panic for Gold Source map, into a Source map so that they can release it. And they're giving off like $600 or something like that. So check that out. But regardless, they have a new media update, and they released some new character models, which look awesome. Some new maps, which also look awesome. And then some new animations of the Revolver which look equally as awesome, um, and they like to thank the developers from No More Room in Hell for their contributions and for all their animations and such. So it looks like, from what I can tell, No More Room in Hell, which is a mod we talked about last week, is going around and uh, giving out all their content to various mods, because we're going to be talking about a new mod, another mod, after this, and they also get No More Room in Hell content. That's yeah, kind of interesting. Um... Yeah, the interesting thing about the Zombie Panic uh, media dump that I found interesting anyway is it looks like, depending on what uh, person you spawn as, like the character model, you'll actually have hands to match that aren't generic, you know, glove CS-style hands. And that, that to me, is will be really interesting. So if I'm, you know, uh, uh, you know the female waitress character, I might actually have more female-looking hands, you know, just things like that add to the immersion in the believability of the game, I guess. Um, now, the stuff about the No More Room in Hell running around handing stuff out, good on them. Uh, one of the things that was actually brought to my attention is, I guess, one of the mappers that was working on No More Room in Hell was also working on the uh, Dead Before Dawn uh, mod. So, I guess when the project went uh, boobs up, he just said, well, you're not, you, you guys aren't going to use it. I'll just use it for this. So it's good to see that the content is getting out there. Um, I've had the opportunity to see some of the content up close and personal, and it, it was really good stuff, and it was a shame that it couldn't get put together, but it's really glad that it's being used. Right, and you mentioned our next little bit of information that I was kind of alluding to, and that's Dead Feet Before Dawn. And uh, this comes from Darth Brush as well, um, who was commented in the last... Um, in. Uh, Zombie Panic Source, sorry. And they have a huge video. I, I don't know how long this video is, but it's it's over five minutes, maybe even over ten minutes. I can't say for sure. But Dead Before Dawn is there is a new campaign for Left 4 Dead when the SDK actually gets released. And it's based off of the remake of Dawn of the Dead. And uh, it includes various locations like the Crossroads Mall, Andy's gun, sh gun shop, Anna's house, the park, etc. So in the video, um, it's kind of commentated by Darth Brush himself. And... Uh, you know, he's talking about the chapter, I think it's the, just outside of the, uh, like the streets and the, the house, or the residential area, that's where he's talking about. 
And uh, it's interesting to watch. A lot of really de- good detail went into these maps. It looks amazing. Another really good Left 4 Dead mod that looks like it's going to really crack the walls of the SDK. Yeah, Nick is, Nick is correcting me. It's a campaign, not a mod. It's going to be hard to get used to saying that. All right, so that uh, clears up our little media blitz. So now we're going to move on to topic of the week. And uh, this is where we choose what is our favorite topic for this week. Anybody Anybody have any suggestions? Ooh, that's a tough one. Topic of the week, huh? Well, my vote's going to have to go to the scientist slaughterhouse simply because I love the whole concept of running around, you know, mindlessly killing things. But I also like to the part that we haven't gotten to yet, the blast from the past, that those two are time for first place for me. All right, all right. Hey, card? Um... Oh, man, I really wish I could say I just haven't been playing a whole lot recently, and I'm not going to nominate my own stuff. <laughs> what about our guests? What are the topic of the week? Other than, of course, Frag Out, which we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Left for Dead, maybe. <laughs> the Left for Dead. Up. That I agree with Sunrise. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, it's either going to be Scientist Slaughterhouse or... Yeah, I'm going to have to say Scientist Slaughterhouse, and I'll tell you what would have beat it, is if ModDB decided they were going to release mod of the year nominations they were supposed to release them yesterday but they got delayed and as of this recording it's coming out in seven hours and 11 minutes so i'm looking forward to that but i can't say that's topic of the week because it wasn't this week so wah 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 oh well but uh yeah scientist slaughterhouse it's pretty fun i like it a lot so um next up next up on our list of course is our blast from the past which thomas was alluding to thomas why don't you talk about our blast from the past since you're so excited about it all right so the blast for the past this week is Day of Defeat, uh, but we're going to be particularly looking at the 3.1 beta. Uh, someone has converted it to work and complement Steam. Uh, there's four servers up currently, which for whatever reason no one seems to occupy. I go in and try and populate the server every now and then, hoping to get people to play. Now, I guess a lot of people are like, well, you know, Day of Defeat went retail, isn't that better? Why do we want to go back to the beta? And that's a pretty valid question. Um, but for me, the beta was a lot more fun, and I really don't have any reasons why. I guess the gameplay mechanics were uh, simpler. I didn't find any balancing issues. Uh, this was also before the British were introduced, and the paratroopers were still a new thing. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. Um, but it was just, I don't know, it was just a lot more carefree fun. I can't begin to tell you how many hours I've wasted playing that game. And I also have a personal attachment to it because that was the modeling community that I pretty much came out of. And I still have my very old models website up with 3.1 beta content. And I kept all of my 3.1 beta content that I worked on on my external hard disk. So if anyone ever actually starts to play this mod, I'll be like, all right, here's the old content from four years ago that still works for this thing. Have at her. Does anyone else have any thoughts on the beta? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, or I'd have to say probably a month ago, my friends and I, from where I live, we decided to play old, old versions of Day of Defeat. And we had such a good time playing through all that stuff. It was, like, nostalgic almost. It's like, wow, I remember when when I, when I this was released, and we had such a good time playing this. But it's come such a long way. It's ridiculous. The whole mod has came, like, full circle. It's an interesting mod of the week. Or, sorry, Blast from the Past. 
hopefully someone this week will hear the podcast and be like, oh, I should download that and play it so I have someone to kill. How many people are playing right now on servers, would you say, if you had to give an estimate? I know you said very few, but... I, or I can tell without looking, it's probably zero. Oh, that's sad. That makes me a sad panda. <laughs> Maybe they can add you to Steam. I'm, I'm pretty sure your Steam user ID is just Editor321. Exactly. And if there are any people out there that want a good rip-roaring game of Dave Defeat Beta 3.1, feel free to add me and, uh, yeah, we can go kill each other. <laughs> 1v1 Dave Defeat. It's the but only it's- way. Do you still got maps from like that that era um, back in the day on your hard drive too? Because it'd be interesting to look at some of those old maps as well. I don't think I have any of the maps. I was never really into the mapping scene. I've just got a few hundred megabytes of custom models like uh, Captain Glimsharp's old Iron Sight packs. That's going way back. Uh, but stuff like that I've got sitting on my hard disk that I've actually started to install into the Beta 3.1. Uh, directory, and it's like, oh, this was awesome. Very cool. So if there's any de- Day of Defeat guys from way back when, you'll definitely like this. You probably already know about it working on Source, but uh, that is our Blast from the Past this week. And you know what? I'm I'm going to make a point um, to play this with you sometime this week, Thomas, and maybe we can get some people from the podcast to add us to Steam Friends. We'll set up a little game. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> Alright, um, now on to our second last segment of this and that's our interview with Duck Sauce and FanRack. They've been waiting patiently for our interview. Thank you, guys. Um, and they are, of course, with Frago. Let's just say hi to you guys again. <laughs> hi. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so one of you can choose to take this question. And, of course, the first thing is, tell us, what is Frago? What can people expect? I'd say they'd expect a new atmosphere in the multiplayer gaming. Um, I got a question, actually. The mod is grenade-based, and that's a really cool idea. Um, how are you going to keep it fresh? Well, mostly uh, new grenades, uh, new maps, and planning new models in the future, but that's a long way off. And uh, maybe skills and search. Okay, cool. Um, like, let's, let's expand on the uh, grenade idea a little bit. There, are the grenades going to open up new gameplay abilities? Like, say, um, are all the grenades just going to explode, or are some going to have some cool special effects? Yeah, the, um, there are going to be some that have uh, special effects, like currently the Silbrook grenade that can send people flying across the map if you use it correctly. So it needs some training, and that makes it more interesting. Yeah, totally. I've had the chance to uh, sit in on a few beta tests, and... Uh, most likely they were all deathmatch. Are we going to be seeing any other uh, gameplay modes, like perhaps um, a team deathmatch or some kind of objective uh, revolving around these grenades? Well, actually, there's already a team deathmatch mode. Okay. Uh, do you have any plans to expand to other gameplay modes? Is there anything in the works? Well, currently, no, but... Well, that's cool. I mean, you gotta keep it simple. If you go and add five million features the first time someone plays, they're gonna be like, uh, huh. Duck Sauce, you have anything planned? Yeah. For after release, we'll uh, look into adding a third game mode, and that would uh, work with special uh, grenade type play that there is in Frag Out. But we're not sure what exactly. But we'll figure that out eventually. 
Yeah, that's good. I mean, um, I was playing Fragout, and I noticed that, uh, because I, I was playing it with you yesterday, uh, just like a little 1v1, and we had fun playing in the different maps, and uh, playing around with the different grenades. But, I mean, I, I mentioned it to you, and um, I hope I hope there's something about this in the future, but uh, there, I think there really needs something, there needs to be something that sets Fragout apart from every other mod. Like, right now, it's fun, because it's a grenade-based deathmatch game. But, uh, I think what needs to be done is there needs to be that special oomph, like maybe something with, uh, with stamina. And, uh, I mentioned, I know you don't, you don't want to use it, but I mentioned something like maybe a stealth mode, where if you crouch, you can go invisible, or, uh, special grenade things like a kamikaze mode. Like little things like that will really set this mod apart and make it really interesting. But it also depends on how many grenades you guys add. So how many grenades are you planning on having in the final release that will be out to the public? Wow. I know that's a long way off, but uh, for initially it would be about 5, and eventually it will expand to 20 maybe, and then you can choose them from a menu or something. What about your maps? Um, how many maps do you plan on having, and uh, are they just going to be kind of uh, mirrored um, arenas, or are they just going to be kind of deathmatch? I know the one map um, the complex, I think it is, the outdoor one, where you use the sailboat a lot. Uh, the one that's in your videos quite often. That's kind of a mirrored map. Yeah, it's uh, kind of our favorite map. It's called Outpost. And it's like a bit too realistic for my taste, but it's still a really cool map. But in the future, we may look into something more fantasy-like or futuristic. Something less modern-day time. Less half <laughs> so are you guys going to be sticking to a specific the- uh, sorry, a specific theme, or are you guys going to maybe jump around in one map you'll be in a jungle, and another map you might be in space, or another map you might be underwater? Yeah, it's going to be mostly like that. It's uh, really a mod with uh, no story, so anything is possible. Yeah, of course. So what else do you have planned for uh, for Fragout? What, what can people expect in the future? I mean, I know you haven't released yet. But way down the line, how do you see this mod developing? And where would you want it, say, in one year, two years? Well, in the first place, we'll, uh, yeah, Fragout's gonna be kind of going like jailbreak. We start out as something a lot like Half-Life 2 with Half-Life 2 models and stuff, textures. And eventually go make our own uh, player models and replace all the textures and pull-ups. But it's really gonna be something that's going to happen over time in updates, like Jailbreak does it. And when it comes to teams, we were thinking about angels versus demons, and it's kind of a cliche, but that's the cool thing, because it uh, will, uh, yeah, how often do you see uh, angels and demons battled out with grenades? That's pretty cool. So you guys are redefining the whole team play structure. Are you gonna, so are you going to be replacing models too? So you maybe down in the future, I mean, this is all hypothetical, but uh, maybe replace the red team with like demon models instead of the rebels? Yeah, that's the plan. But we're not sure what we're going to do, but some say they don't want uh, angels and stuff. They want to do other things. But it's what I'm hoping for. That, and with that, we probably come some skills like... Uh, flying with wings or special demon skills, that sort of thing. Cool. Um, my next question, uh, as we lead into the end of the interview, is 
Um, what can I mean? This is one of your first mods, and I'm not sure about Fanrack's history, but I know Duxasu. This is your first mod ever. What can you say to new developers out there or people who want to get into the modding scene? Um, what would be the very first thing that they can go to, or what would be good resources for them to get into the scene or start a mod like Fragout or something? What got you on your feet? Well, it's not exactly my first mod. So my first mod was GA and didn't go far, so you probably don't know about it, but uh, that's where I started. And So I was in that mod too, I was digging around Duck Souls that time, and usually the first mod you start is gonna die really quick, but you can start another one uh, when you get some experience from your first one. Exactly, and uh, for a good place to start, it's really to open the source SDK and click create a mod, you go through the steps and then you get you can open the README which is really the developer community where there are a lot of tutorials and everything to get you started. Cool. And then uh, what? when can we expect to see Fragout on the shelves or on people's hard drives? I have no idea. Do you expect a 2009 release? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, okay, that's good. And uh, where can people go to find out more about Fragout? Uh, our ModDB page, best place. All right, and uh, obviously the Fragout website on Half-Life Creations. Yeah, but it gets updated a few days afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's our interview with Fragout. I know it's a little bit short, but uh, it's 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 pretty fun. I mean, I had a good time. If you have a good group of friends, you can have a lot, a lot of fun with uh, with Fragout and. Uh, Getting around and playing or playing around with some grenades and uh, just blowing your friends up. Our next little bit of uh, for the, the next little bit for the show is a listener audio question, and we actually have two listener audio questions this week. The first one that we're going to get to is uh, I can't remember his name. Hold on. Is Comrante? Comrant? Comrant? I, I think that's I think it's a play on comrade. Comrant. And uh, he has just a quick question. So if Nick wants to go ahead and play that question, uh, then we can answer it. So what is your cat's color? Orange. Gray and white. In fact, I hate my cat for having orange fur. It gets everywhere, shows up on your clothes. You need to use freaking lint rollers every single day. I swear, I spend like $10 on the refillable ones every single month because of this cute adorable animal sleeping on my bed. I, my hypothetical cat is actually invisible, um, and it has dragon wings, and it can talk, and its name is Karma. It's kind of invisible. What have you been smoking, and who do I need to talk to to get some? <laughs> for, for all those listeners who didn't turn in last week, we asked for listener audio questions, and uh, we said you can even ask us about our cat colors. So we figured we'd post that question and play it for all you. And our next question comes from uh, Philip from Planet Philip, of course. <laughs> of course, uh, he has a listener audio question. Hey guys, so here's one of my reader questions for you. Uh, I was thinking, what's the most innovative or interesting new gameplay mechanic that you've come across in the last couple of months? That's a tough one. Uh, what's the most innovative game concept I've come across in the last year? <laughs> um. You know, Death Ball is good. You know, it's it's like what 
what do you really enjoy? I'm like, I'm not really a sports type guy, but Smash Ball is innovative. I have to say, Smash Ball is insanely innovative. Um, I mean, they didn't really come up with the concept themselves, but I can just imagine the amount of programming and time it takes to make something like that. Um, but other than that, I I really like um, Source Force. Sorry, Source Force. Um, mainly because I like the whole idea of building a base with uh, the little pieces that they give you and then going ahead and uh, going into the next attack phase and destroying the other person's base. It reminds me of when I was a kid and I used to like make little forts out of the sh- my bed sheets and pillows. Did anybody used to do that when they were a kid? I did. Yep. I think everybody did. Well, you can also translate it into like those awesome snowball fights you have. Like You get all the neighborhood kids out in the street when it you know, snowed so much there was no school, and you would take the snow that the plows had like strewn up on your front lawn and you would you know, make little parapets out of it and grab snowballs and start throwing it at the neighborhood kids and they'd get involved. Like I don't know. Gameplay mechanics to me, the, the funnest ones are the simplest ones. What's snow? <laughs> yeah, like like what you said, uh, Thomas, the funnest ones are simplest ones and uh, one thing that just comes to mind is Suicide Survival. That was such a fun gameplay mechanic. It's like hide-and-go-seek, only deadly. It's, that's awesome. That was so fun to play, and it still is fun to play. That's a really, really unique and innovative gameplay mechanic that I that I think I recall over the past couple of months, or at least of uh, 2008. There, that's my answer. <laughs> you just stole my answer. You're not allowed to do that. My favorite is Suicide Survival because it's new and interesting. There. <laughs> You're not going to talk about your own Ragnarok Arena gameplay me- mechanic? Putting 2D into a 3D mod? But it's not newer in <laughs> I guess you're right, but it's but it's new for Half-Life. Ragnarok Arena is still new for Half-Life. To an extent, yeah. I'm just trying to help you out here. Yeah, I just don't like talking about my own stuff like that. <laughs> what Dan is trying to say is that he's a humble character and has, you know, Problems like myself pimping their own stuff. However, as I become a cheaper and cheaper whore, it's getting easier and easier. I don't know. I can't think of anything else that uh, really, really enthralled me this this year into 2008. Um, Duck Sauce or Rack, can you think of anything that you've played that uh, you really thought, "Wow, that's really interesting"? Yeah, Jailbreak uh, Map Pong was really great. It's, uh, that's now gonna be Dev Ball, but then it was different in the actual map. It was like shooting a ball back and forth, and that was really fun, because uh, you would kill each other with the ball, because then you shoot it with a chain gun, that was really great. Yeah, and I think the jailbreak, uh, the new jailbreak mode in there is going to be really, really interesting as well. Another thing that comes to mind is Creeds. I mean, we've been talking about Creeds in the past couple episodes, and we're going to have them on the show um, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, they have some really, really new, interesting gameplay mechanics. Like, uh, like they just play soccer within a Creed's map, or uh, you know, various other things. Like, like we said before, there are 14 different game modes, um, account for a slew of different gameplay mechanics. But nothing as interesting as, say, Suicide Survival or uh, Source Force, in my opinion. Thomas, we have one more question. You want to read it off? It's a typed question. Yeah. Well, good friend of mine, uh, when I asked for audio questions on Half-Life Creations, I think misread and forgot the audio component, or he just didn't want his voice on the radio. But, uh, now this comes from Saxon Swine, also known as Alex, and he asks, what should happen with unfinished mods? Should they be released, or should they be left in storage? 
Um, he was thinking about Nightwatch. I'm not really familiar with that one, but we've already touched on this a little bit with uh, No More Room in Hell releasing their content to other mod teams. Uh, what do you guys think should happen with uh, Unfinished Mods? Should they release their content, save it for a rainy day? Open source. Open source. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with A-Card on that one. I think they should release open source, but then at the same time, I don't want to see the same model in a million different mods just because somebody made it open source and people want to take cut corners. Well, I think we see that already with default Half-Life 2 and Counter-Strike Source content with the mods that are just starting out. Um, They do use this content as a filler or a builder, if you will, so I don't know. I I I would agree that seeing the same model over and over would be... Uh, repetitious, but if there's more mods that are not making it and releasing open source, I would think the chances of that would be less likely. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think they, I think they should uh, at least release it, whether they make it open source or they do it on a on a case by case basis. Um, like like with No More Room in Hell is a perfect example and a most recent example. Like they're not making it open source; they're not releasing it to everybody, but they're kind of handing it out, and the developers are kind of going their own way and using it in their own little projects. You know, like, um, uh, words. Part of Evil Napalm Edition, uh, is using some stuff from some mods that were not released. Uh, they were, they were donated by various developers, and I think the unreleased content, like, maybe not open source, but doing what No More Room and Hell did and handing off their content privately for a release is the best way to go about doing it, not perhaps open source. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, too. Another good example. But at least they get the content out there. They shouldn't just throw it away, and we see that so much with uh, with various mods that just close their doors. And you see some really nice screenshots, and you're like, oh, that's a nice model, maybe we can use it somewhere. Um, if you're not going to make it open source, or you don't know who to give it to, then just put it on a, a form like Interlopers, or uh, you know, just go on to Planet Philip and say, hey, I got these maps, you guys can do what you want with them. Or, uh, and here's the source files for these maps. Or go on the uh, ModDB profile that you really like and say, hey, do you guys want to use my pistol or something? I mean, there's tons of people who will just take content from you. Or, yeah, um, you know, Fanrax talking in chat. Maybe somebody will continue the development. Uh, you see this sometimes, too. They hand off the development to another group. People just lose interest. So uh, maybe keep it closed, but at the same time, uh, find people who want to take over the mod. That's another really good point. But anyway... Um, our last little bit of uh, news that we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about a mod that uh, Acart is working on right now and Thomas. So, Thomas, why don't you tell us about this and introduce us? All right. Now, between uh, a few friends that I know, uh, Dan being one of them, James being another, these guys are mod-making machines. They'll be sitting at their desks in the evening and be like, there's nothing good to play. And they'll pull out the SDK and they'll start screwing around in it. Uh, Dan is, I think, almost infamous for doing this in, like, overnight sittings, and what he's come up with is a project that he calls Paradigm Shift, and, uh, yeah, uh, Dan, do you want to tell us why it's called Paradigm Shift? I know that you've, uh, told me already, but for our listeners that are, you know, getting their first introduction to this mod, uh, why is it called Paradigm Shift, and what is it about? Well, aside from me, uh, playing with the English language, it's basically... A lot of the mods here recently have been following a paradigm, a set of um, occurrences and whatnot, like complex, new gameplay, lots of um, total conversions, lots of weapons, 500 new features, and the downside being it's a little hard to play some of these mods, to just drop in and play them. 
take insurgency for um example a new person to insurgency if you just drop him in the it's probably going to take a good three or four rounds for them to even start getting the handle of things um what i was doing with paradigm shift it began is just hey i would like to play capture the flag but there's two capture the flag mods for half-life 2 one's a tad dead and the other involves having to build up a fort for 10 minutes before you can even go and try and capture the flag and both of them just use the default half-life 2 weapons so I just started making this, and the side effect was it was extremely easy to drop in and play with. I had Cubic and um, uh, Duck Sauce. I, we played it a little bit earlier. I was amazed at how um, they found the key bindings for everything without me having to tell them, and they just picked up and played it and started capturing, <laughs> capturing the flag within less than a minute. It was extremely simple to drop in and play. Now, you said that it's uh, very drop-in-and-play and and a a problem with, uh, well, maybe a problem, but something that stereotypes a lot of Cap to the Flag mods is that they use the Half-Life 2 content, and I've had the opportunity to play this, of course, Um, but what direction are you taking with Paradigm Shift? What can we expect? Um, I know that when you go into the game now, you get to choose your starting weapon, uh, your your sidearm, and then a perk. What direction do you plan on taking? What universe are we going to see this? Uh, is it going to be Half-Life 2 based, uh, or very generic, uh, these guys versus the other guys? Pretty much a very generic, these guys versus the other guys, and you might see that as a bad thing, but it's also, oh hey, I'm on the red team, that guy's uh, blue, I need to shoot him. And there's no having to uh, buy weapons, killer people, get ammo. When you drop into the game, you get a menu that comes up, and you can select your loadout out of basically any weapon that's going to be in the game. And you can um, just choose, like, oh, hey, I like magnums, and I like shotguns. Click, click, and I like extra armor. Click, okay. And you can drop in and play that. But it's going to take time to, say, master what combinations are the best. But the first time you play, you can easily just go out and murder someone within the first ten seconds. No, that's very true. And I don't think that having, you know, your red versus blue is a bad gameplay mechanic. Um, if you look at a lot of first-person shooters, and I'm going to pick on Halo because they have the red versus blue series, which is hilarious, but, like, that is simple capture the flag. Like, here's a bunch of guns, the enemy base is over here, I'm here, we're going to kill each other until we capture the flag. And, I don't know, I guess the reason that this mod appeals to me so much is that, you know, I like simple gameplay mechanics. I don't know about other gamers, but I do not have a lot of time to learn all the complex key bindings. That's something that I have to do over a weekend. Like, I'm a student. My time is very finite. So I think and that these mods that are shorter and easier to pick up are really going to be uh, quite popular. Now, if we're doing uh, team versus team, uh, what particular features do you think that we're going to see that uh, might be different from uh, your average CTF mod? Like, are we going to be getting anything that really puts Paradigm Shift on the map that differentiates it between another mod? Um, right now, I really can't say that. It's it's really uh, basic. Uh, and I, like I said, I really don't think that's a bad thing. Because the only other basic CTF mod that I can think of is Half-Life 2 Capture the Flag. And that's... Um, Half-Life 2 Deathmatch with Capture the Flag in Indies. And I, I I, just cannot stand the default Half-Life 2 weapons. No, I am uh, definitely on board with that. So, while I'm going through this game, um, I'm obviously capturing the flag. 
But what other things do I have to be aware of? Like, uh, is there ways for me to get health? Are there uh, weapons on the map? How do I get more ammo? What are your plans for these kinds of uh, things? Or is it you just go until you're out of ammo and you die? Well, there's ammo crates back at your base. And there's actually ammo crates in the enemy base, but they're down in the spawn area. And if you want to go down and steal ammo from your enemies, good luck. And med kits are, well, your standard med kits. One of the planned weapons I had was it's gonna, it's like a med kit box. And you just distribute med kits for your teammates. It takes over your primary weapon slot. Uh, one of the other ideas that James came up with was a proximity mine that looks almost exactly like a med kit, except for like a small, minute difference, like a sm- small red stripe or something. So, aside from that, there's no weapon pickups in the map. There's ammo pickups distributed throughout the map. Say, oh, something I almost forgot, ammo shard, uh, armor shards. One of the throwbacks to, say, um... The older, well, not even the older Unreal tournaments is just like lines of armor shards is playing with the idea. So as you're capturing the flag and running towards back to your base, you have a chance to uh, pick up your defenses while 500 uh, enemy colors are running at you with weapons ablazing. Well, that's really interesting. Do you have any questions for him, Will? I just wanted to say that I did notice that when we were playing. Um, I was running the flag back to our base, and uh, you were chasing me. And I was running over med packs just around certain corners. I wasn't even trying to do it. I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> this isn't something that I'm expecting. Actually, no. I've got a question for... Sorry. Yeah, go for it. I just got a question for you, Duck Sauce, and um, Editor. I want to know what you guys thought of it. I thought it was uh, fun playing with uh, Rebels and combined with uh, new weapons. That was cool. Yeah, the weapons are nice. Where are you guys getting your weapons from? Do you have a modeler? Uh, not really. They're actually holdovers from a mod that James and I worked on called Resident Evil Cold Blood. It was a Half-Life uh, 1 mod. <laughs> One of the things that started Paradigm Shift was, I want to know what these weapons will look like in Source, and as it turned out, they look really nice. Oh, wow. Those are Gold Source mods? Models in a in the Source engine? Yeah. They look really nice. Yeah, that's amazing. I agree. I never expected something like that. No, the... The Source engine can do wonders, not only with its own stuff, but with the older stuff as well. Well, um, I think that's about the end of our show. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody, and uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. We're getting to our time. But uh, I'd like to thank everybody who came, uh, Dick, our producer, of course, who uh, kind of fails at playing audio, but we figured out his issue halfway through. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank Eckhart for uh, sharing his information about Paradigm Shift and uh, coming on the show. Yeah, not a problem. I'm glad to be on. Uh, anytime. Anytime. I'd like to thank Thomas, my co-host, who is always here, trusty, like my little trusty steed. Yep, I'm on a caffeine IV because it's 8 in the bloody morning, but hey, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> and I'd like to thank our interviewees this week, uh, Duck Sauce and uh, Fan Rack. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. That wasn't a problem. And, of course, I'd like to thank the listeners. Uh, you can tune in next week live on Half-Life Creations. Of course, you get to hear a lot of dead air, um, like you've probably learned this week. But uh, you can tune in next week and every week. We're going to do it every week. And for all the recordings and for you can for all the podcasts, you can go to www.podcast17.com. Subscribe to our iTunes if you use iTunes and have a little uh, iPod or whatever or an iPhone or something like that. Um, and it'll download automatically. You can go to our ModDB profile at ModDB.com and search Podcast 17. Or you can join our IRC at uh, Pound Podcast 17 on GameSearch. So, 
I think that about wraps up this episode, and we will see you guys next week.